Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs his process. Every franchise and needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah, watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab, step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one, let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if them bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause them bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to him, B. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is the feed to him, B. I am your host, Austin Krell, along with my co host, Chris Dibler. Uh, the Sixers. We're in it at halftime, and then, well, they quickly were not in it in the second half. They get crushed, really, in the majority of the second half. Trail by as many as, I think, 22. They lose the game by 15. Um, Dibes, what says you? What's going on, everybody? This is Chris, uh, Mr. Crockpot on Twitter. Um, Yeah, that had to be easily one of the worst third quarters I've ever seen. Um, overall, one of the worst games of the season. And I'm throwing this game away. Moving on. Next pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is gonna, This is just a two-minute pod. <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to announce that we're throwing the game. And we're like, like, okay, that's all. Have a good one. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Um, that had to be, had to be some of the worst uh, def- defensive um, rotations I've ever seen in my life. And we've seen some pretty bad defense. Uh, I'm looking at this, the box score here. The Blazers had 66 points in the paint. Um, there's no way it was just 66. Um, it felt like at least 80 were, were just wide open layups or dunks tonight. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, my God. It's one of those frustrating things where you know, – because here's the thing. The second half, I knew exactly how the fan base was going to react. It was going to want to call for Brett Brown's job, yada, yada, yada. Um, And, you know, they're going to say the defense sucked, yada. And, you know, they're going to portray it in a way that is not really fair because this isn't on Brett Brown. This really isn't. I mean, you – if you watch the game, which, you know, obviously we both did, um, and – from the opening tip, you could see the problem that was going to be presented without having Embiid. It was the same issue that it was in Portland when they played them the first time, and the first time they didn't have Embiid either. They won by thirty. They won by thirty-four. The Sixers could not stop anybody, and there and there it was. It was a blowout from from the from pretty much the first quarter on. And today it was uh, it was pretty much the same story. They they made, they made they made it to halftime this time, but uh, but it was really the same story. And the Blazers overall shot. I think 48% from the field, but they shot like 67% in the second half, which is ridiculous. Um, They had 19 offensive rebounds and 34 defensive. That's 53 rebounds. The Sixers never give up that many rebounds. They're one of the best, they're one of the best rebounding teams in the league, obviously in, in most parts because of the um, Embiid 
because of because of the Embiid, that guy, um, the machine, and I, I don't think it's fair to portray this as like, oh, Brett Brown, he isn't, he isn't having playing any defense. It's not that. Second half, it was they were they were getting line drives to the basket, and they couldn't, and the rotations were poor, which is kind of his fault, but not exactly because you leave guys having to overcompensate for the loss of Embiid, and then suddenly everyone's out of position, and the Portland Trailblazers just just killed them. They, they killed them in in distant, in, in, they killed them from long range. Um, in the second half, they got whatever they wanted. But the, I thought I thought there's the um, I I, th- I was most disappointed in that I've never seen them give up so many direct line drives to the basket. I mean, th- it was it was a pumping and it was go and there was no one there. Right, and we saw a little bit of this last um, Thursday night when uh, Bobby wasn't in the game. Um, I mean, they were getting they were giving up way too many easy uncontested layups. And uh, Bobby just wasn't as effective. And I think we kind of emphasized that on the pod on, on Thursday night that, you know, that was like one of Bobby's best games. And my God, I mean, it was it was a joke. I, I'm just sitting here watching the game. And I mean, I'm laughing. You're watching the Blazers bench jump up. They're laughing. I mean, it was comical how bad that Sixers defense was. So um, let me just give a shout out to our listeners who are listening to this pod after just one of the worst games of the year. Kudos to you guys. We love you. <laughs> Dabs, I don't know if you know this, but this isn't a live pod. They can't hear us right now. <laughs> but they will later. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I have a very deep, deep love for the Sixers, so I never laugh when things are not going well unless it's like a, like the tanking year where it's like, this is so bad that it's funny. Um, but I mean, you know, now I don't find any, I don't find any of that funny. Cause I think, you know, it's it, losses suck now. And I am not concerned really because it's like, you didn't have your best player. He's, he's a rim protector. He's a, a great rebounder and it's a, it changes the whole defensive game. And it, it's like, it's like blocking up a dam. As soon as he's out, it collapses and the water comes flying, comes flowing right through. And for a team like the Blazers, who have two very speedy um, in their prime guards in in CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, they're they're they, they want to they want to run pick and roll on everything. I mean, they're going to run a pick and roll every time they can. And against Boban, it's just the worst because he can't guard them. He can't keep up with them on the foot speed. He can't keep up with with, with a faster big like Nurkic. Or Cantor, and this matchup from the very start was not the kind of matchup where you're thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a good game." This is the kind of matchup where you don't have Embiid, and it bold, and and and, it, and it's very bad for you because you don't have a guy who who can who can who can keep up with and counter their attacks, and it showed because they had a field day. They had the points in the paint differential was, I, I don't know how the exact number, but I mean I know it was ridiculous, um, and it you know it was. It was the kind of game where once it got ugly, you knew there was going to be slim to no chance they could come back. But the worst part was that they just kept missing shots, and then they had they gave themselves no chances, and the defense never really got together. The, it was it was the line drives every time. It was, um, you know, it was points in the paint, it, it, easy dunks and layups. They had thirteen dunks or layups in this game. It's unacceptable, and that that is where I kind of get upset because. You gotta be better than that. Even with even when Embiid's there in the in the recent stretch since the trade, 
they've struggled with that. Dude, they, they've struggled with that for a long time. I'm glad you picked up or brought up the pick and roll piece because that is the biggest concern is they, they've not been able to figure out how to stop the pick and roll for a long time now. That's why we struggle so much against, you know, the Toronto's and the Boston's. And that is a major concern is that what happened to the, I'm just so confused. This game was so confusing. I actually enjoyed what I was seeing from Mike Scott, Ben Simmons, Mike Scott, even Jonah Bolden were, were very active on defense in that first half. And then it just kind of just stopped. It was other than Ben Simmons, this game was complete trash. Um, I, yeah. I liked what I saw from Ben, but I'm, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're Mr. Amir Johnson. You, you were down at the 76ers field house last night. Uh, I wrote that awesome. Yeah. You wrote a really good piece on Amir Johnson this morning. Um, little shameless plug there. Um, but my God, what is Amir Johnson doing in this game? Yeah, I, you know, I wrote that article and I didn't realize the effect he had in the game. Um, I do want to love Amir Johnson because he, he's he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good locker room presence. He's a he's a really good veteran for this for this ball club, and you feel for him because you know he wants to be better. You know he wants to help, and the simple fact of the matter is that he's not athletic. He really isn't that skilled. He isn't that big, and. He was down in the G League last night, and I thought he played a pretty good game. Had 15 and seven. Um, he was there to help his teammates. He was, you know, there was a little bit of a scuffle that sort of could have broken out if he hadn't been in the way. Um, and he was sort of like, you know, told everybody to calm down. So, you know, he has, he's he's a great influence. He's a great influence, and he had a really good game last night, which is why I was shocked at how bad he was today. I mean, he it was. Unbelievable! He played three minutes and he was a minus ten, and the game really opened up as soon as he got into the game. It was almost like he was playing for the Blazers because it was so bad. Um, there, there were some possessions there where you literally saw Amir Johnson staring at the Blazers as they just walked in for an easy layup. There was, uh, it was go ahead. yeah, it, it was just one of those games where um, why wasn't Jonah put in in that second half? Why he had two blocks in eight minutes? He was a minus one. What's the reasoning behind putting Amir Johnson over Jonah at that point? Do you know? I think because Jonah probably doesn't bode as well in terms of his veteran IQ because he doesn't have any IQ yet. I think that's like asking for bad fouls if he has to switch it out into a shooter like 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 McCollum or. or or Willard, like one quick move in a pump fake and he's going to be off his feet and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be free throws. I think fouls are a worry. Obviously, Bolden, Bolden has potential. Obviously, he's athletic. He can, he can shoot the three a little bit. But he's also a huge liability in certain matchups because he's very, very sort of, I guess, reactionary physically to what happens in the court. He doesn't really have any kind of discipline. He just sort of, uh, you know, something happens and he auto- and it's just like it's like his immediate reaction is is not the right one, and that was at a point when the game was still in reach. And so you don't want to go to a guy who you can't trust with the game still in reach, and he's fouling. However, and he, however, dude, but 
You know, if this was the Miami game, hell yeah. Yeah, Bolden was, you know, he was definitely a half step behind all the time. He couldn't keep up with the defense. He, he was not that bad tonight. This was a different game for Bolden, um, in my opinion. Um, I, I, that was, it seemed like the team just quit. You know, halfway through the third quarter, the team quit. And yeah. I, I'm not blaming this on Amir by any chance. Um, and I don't, I don't blame Amir at all. You know, I have no ill feelings to Amir. He just doesn't, he should not have been in that game. Yeah, and, no, I know. My, my point is that I don't know that Bolden would have been a better, would have been necessarily the, the option that would have made the difference. I mean, they might lose by 10 instead of, instead of uh, 15 if Bolden's there. Like, you know, first of all, it wasn't like Amir played heavy minutes, he played three minutes. So they had opportunities to bring Bolden in. They just chose not to. So it wasn't like Brett Brown guessed and was wrong. It was just sort of like you have to play the matchup the right way. A team like a, a team such as Golden State, I think, may even bode a little bit better for Bolden just because they're a little bit older. Um, the, it's you know they, they have a couple of good shooters, and a team like Miami is probably even a, a, a slightly okay matchup. Orlando is probably a better matchup. Just any kind of team that has these physical bigs who can who can shoot, who can have you know they have guards who can who can run around all day long, guys, and then they have like three and D spot up shooters and and Farouk Aminu and uh, Jake Lehman. Those are the kind of teams that don't bode well for him because it's a lot of switching for him. It's a lot of having to go out and contest on the shooters, and it's just too much for him at this point in his career, I think. And so. While I think there's, it makes a lot of sense to give him a chance, I understand why they did it because at that point they were still in the game and they needed a center who could who, who could who could keep them in it, not one who could maybe help on offense but was an out liability on defense. Although Amir Johnson is still a liability, he got dunked on in the first. Oh, poor Amir, he got dunked on the first time he was in there. Air balls of three comes back. <laughs> oh man, that's a brutal sequence for Amir. Um, and. I thought the moment that really like like I was like disturbed by was when he's on Nurkic and Nurkic just like pops this little jumper and he doesn't even go out he doesn't even try to contest it he just like stands there and watches and it's it's all net like I thought he I thought he was really I was like really like happy for him last night and today I'm like dude what are you doing what happened you, you know and I I know it's the, the jump is much 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 bigger obviously but he's he played one G League game I mean he's not out of shape I don't think. He is he is he really that terrible? And is the G League that that much of a jump where he could look great one night and then the next day look like absolute garbage? <laughs> I was so I was so ready to like jump off my couch when Amir took that corner three and it airball straight up airballed. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Poor poor, poor AJ. Poor yeah. AJ. Yeah, we, we um, love you, Amir. You know, don't yeah, don't take this personally. We love you. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the article said, the skills are not there, the athleticism is not there, but what he can give you off the court is never ending. It's 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 that veteran presence that keeps guys out of trouble, that gives them advice, that tells them to pick their heads up when their heads are down. But I think the most important thing for me is, I know I'm gonna see on Twitter because I'm a Twitter addict, and especially with Bryce Harper, you know, it's all it's like I have a Twitter tab open on my computer at all times, no matter what. I know I'm going to see every time I refresh the screen, um, oh, fire Brett Brown, this, that. No, that's not the answer. Brett Brown was not the problem tonight. 
the problem was that you didn't have your rim protector, the best rim protector arguably in the NBA, who I mean, half half of the things that happened in that game wouldn't have happened if Embiid was there to block shots to protect the basket. As soon as you take them out of the game, little those guards who can shoot and can and are, and are speedy, it's like a bloodbath for them. They eat. All they do is eat the rim, and it's not doesn't bode well. And a guy like like uh, Boban, he had an okay first half. He couldn't keep up with anybody. Both centers had had their way. Every perimeter player had their way. This is a game where you could have circled it and said, without Embiid, this is this 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 is a loss that looks worse on paper than it actually is. I mean, I was getting texts from my dad. This Portland team sucks. Yada yada yada. They're not an elite team, but this is the kind of team where, without Embiid, they're they're a problem. Right, and you, I mean, you look at uh, Nurkic's stat line, and then you look at um, Ennis Cantor's stat line. Um, Nurkic had twenty four and ten in twenty four minutes. Was that the easiest twenty four and ten you've ever seen in your life? I mean, is this is this what it's like watching Embiid on the other side as an as a te- as a fan of another team? Well, I think it's also something where you have the game circled because there's a little bit of beef with Nurkic and, and the Sixers and Embiid. So you're looking to eat anytime you can against them. Um, and I, I I think really it was what it is, is you understand the matchup. You understand there's no Embiid. And you say, okay, well, this is a day where I can eat, where I can get my lunch for free pretty much. And... It was neat. Yes, it was a very easy twenty-four and ten, but it also like wasn't something that I was shocked by. And people were like, "He's a great center. He's not a great center. He averages fifteen and ten. That's not great. Yeah. That's that, that's good. That's a, that's a very okay, very good starting le- starting level center. He's not an all-star by any stretch. And neither is Canner. Canner was a minus, I think, ten or something like that. And his and despite getting uh, seventeen and eight or whatever it was, these guys look better than they actually are today because there's no Embiid there to, to protect yep. them. And it and again the narrative is going to be that 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 Brett Brown can't coach. They had no defense. The defense is an issue, but today was was an anomaly because you didn't have your your best player. It, it it it's not nearly as bad as it was today. Today was a product of not having Joel Embiid. I, I will say though, Trailblazers play like a a very solid team. Um, they they looked very good. They attacked JJ. Every single chance they could, um, what was it uh, Mo Harkless and Jake Lehman were just, you know, going at JJ, you know. So of course you have flashbacks of Toronto and Boston um, when do, when they do the same thing. Um, I, I'm just like you said, I, I'm not calling Nurkic like the best center in the league. Um, I'm just calling it. It was just cruise control. I mean, he was just getting whatever he wanted at any time, and that's not a. That's more so um, a negative towards our defense than, you know, his actual game. Yeah, and then meanwhile, Nurkic just says in post game the way he's able to uh, on Ben Simmons he, the way he's able to shoot or not be able to shoot is ridiculous. As if you're some superstar, you are literally a mid range shooter at best who sets a solid screen and doesn't ask for the ball. But let's be real here. I mean, Joseph Nurkic, Joseph Nurkic is not shit. I mean, really, it's it's a ridiculous idea that that you know the way you can't shoot, he could get to the basket on you anytime he pleased. Okay, the, the fact of the matter is that you're fake tough. You're a fake tough player with a with, with a fake tough mouth, and why don't you square up against a real big like Embiid and see how you really fare, Mister uh, Fifteen and Ten? 
Yeah, when I, when I made that comment about um, it was like watching Embiid play against the Sixers. It was like almost like a carbon copy of when Cantor flopped on a Ben after By the way, that it was ridiculous. And then he gets up and gets it gets in Ben gets, it, gets in Ben's face. Like, dude, you're up by twenty. You're gonna flop and then you're gonna come back into the guy's face as if like he really like like disrespected you. Like, like get get the hell out of here. Get out of here with that bullshit. You know. Yeah, except my except Embiid wouldn't get in someone's face. He would probably lay on the ground and look for the the crowd to start cheering after you get after he got you know someone to get a tech or something like that. No, he would he would point at the crowd and do the little finger guns and then and wave and everyone would start, would start going wild. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you know it's 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 a, you know what it is it's to me it says that Embiid has real estate in a lot of these guys' heads because as soon as he goes down they salivate and 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 they, and they, and they come out and they're ready to go they're 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 loving life and they're looking real big when they when, when the guy is out. None of these people can get shit on Embiid when they're when when he's there. So really, it says how much real estate that he has in their heads, and I you know. It's a disappointment because no one came up to play in that second half. And if they did, they would have they would have had a fighting chance. They might have even won the game. But Harris played no defense second half. Um, Butler was absent really most of the game. Redick never showed up. And we were talking about this a couple of days ago when they played the Heat. When I said that I was worried about Redick, I understand why. It's because when you don't have a seven foot three gargantuan screener, a screener out there to, to 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 set these wall picks for you, it's going to be harder. And I mean, it's amazing how much Embiid helps Redick get open, and how much easier he makes his life. I thought it was going to be different because you'd have more shooters. With the addition of Tobias Harris. No, it's about Embiid in tandem with 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 Harris and and Butler, but. You know, it was it was no one showed up to play. No one did today, and the bench looks like it actually might have gotten worse if it were somehow possible. Um, I'm not sure that James Ennis is anything. I'm not sure that Jonathan Simmons is anything, and TJ had a terrible game. But one thing that I'm sort of concerned about is that whenever Butler is not having a good offensive game, his defense also ceases to exist. No, you're absolutely right. I don't know whether or not I should be more concerned about Tobias or Jimmy at this point. Um, we talked a, a lot about this on Thursday, and yeah, you know, I'm looking at Tobias's stat line again: twenty and eight. I, I mean, I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, it's not at That's yeah, but though. that he was for in my opinion, he had, it was a very minimal impact on this game. And then Jimmy, I thought he had a really good first quarter. I think he had like six points. He um shared the point guard position a little bit with Ben. Um. And he got some like, you know, good good shots in the lane there, um, but I'm just I keep going back and forth, um, in terms of you know what should should we throw this game away or not? Should we? Because there's no Embiid, and it's just I, I'm waiting to be impressed from Tobias and especially Jimmy Butler, and it's just not happening. I mean, this is I predicted this would be the Jimmy game last Thursday night and I don't I don't know what what we're missing here. Uh, nine shots. Jimmy Butler had nine shots in 30 minutes. But is that him being passive or is that being is that him just not getting the shots? Like like it's another thing it's one thing if he just like looks dead and doesn't really care and he's just not being passive. It's another thing if they're just not finding him. 
They're not looking for him. Oh, no, I like so obviously I didn't watch many Minnesota games. Um but you're you're kidding me. <laughs> and I I'm just you would think he, he you know you hear all this, you know, there's like a stereotype about Jimmy Butler and you would think this would be the game for him to shoot more than nine freaking shots. Well, also also keep in mind that this is the kind of game where he has to be as effective as possible on the guards that he's defending. He has to go out and do extra on to try to contain CJ and Dame. So he's expending energy trying to float over screens and, and keep up with them step for step on the defensive end. He's probably exhausted on the offensive end. And even and you know, but that still doesn't hold because he was also terrible on defense today too. My 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 issue with him as a red flag is that if his offense isn't there, his defense isn't there either. And as a veteran that's not a good influence. Right. I, I, um, lastly, before we wrap it up, like I also see that Ben Simmons had a negative 20 tonight. You know, that's bullshit. The, the, the plus um, minus is the biggest is, bullshit stat there is. It's the worst stat ever. And, um, Ben Simmons was clearly the only one hustling on the court tonight. I mean, today and 29 and 10 and seven, um, many, many defensive, um, great defensive plays by Ben. Um, did you see in the first quarter, uh, he took a five foot floater. I know it's so small, but I was so proud of him. And then like 30 seconds later, he took a 15 foot jump shot. Um, and I think, you know, three minutes later, he had another jump shot. N- none of those went in, but you got to love the confidence. Like, it sounds like a dad who's watching his son try to ride a bike. And it's like, okay, first he, he had the training wheels. And then a minute later, I took him off. And then two minutes later, he got on and uh-huh. he fell off the bike, but then he got back on. And then a couple minutes later, he made it four feet and fell off the bike. And then ten minutes later, he crashed into a into into a mailbox. But it was a good effort overall, though. Like you know, it, it's it's. I guess it's great that he's he's confident in in shooting from ten feet. But I don't get this about Ben Simmons. He's apparently he's draining them in pregame now, and then they give him all of this real estate to, to work with. On the on, on the court when he has the ball, just pull it, pull the trigger. No one's gonna boo you if you miss a three. Just boo, just, just pull it. Is it a mental block? Do we have an issue now where we can't draft guys who are are free? We we can't ha- we can't possibly, you know, manage to not draft a guy who's afraid to shoot. I mean, is, is that what happens now? All of our draft picks can't shoot. I mean, it's 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 a really weird phenomenon because. Is it mental for him? He just drains it when no one's there, but that as soon as the fan's there, he all he wants to do is attack the basket. I, I'm I'm confident that he has the he's developed some skill in it. Maybe not enough to be a thirty or forty percent shooter, but enough to like take it. But I, right. I don't know what it is with him. Um, it's conditioning. It's, it is conditioning. Not, it's it's he's just I'm talking about mental conditioning. Yeah, no, and that's exactly so, what it is. He's so used to playing a certain way and being successful in a certain way and playing a specific way that it's, it's all mental. Yeah. And it's, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, now, it's, now, now let me, let me ask you this and then I'm gonna ask you another question and then we'll wrap it up. Um, do you then think in this regards, Ben Simmons and shooting threes, do you think that LeBron played him so far back in that one, in that possession where he shot the three? As an, in an effort to get him to shoot, like was it like was it like yeah. LeBron was it LeBron basically saying if he makes it like okay I don't care just like shoot the ball. 
Oh, for sure. Like, 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 yeah. like, 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 I, I don't mean like, like, I don't mean like disrespect, but was it like, I want you to take it. I, I think you can make it. I want you to take it. Yeah. He was actually hoping that, you know, Ben would get kind of the monkey off his back and start. That's taking what I'm wondering. Bit. That's what I'm yeah. wondering. Was that, was it, was it, I'm not sure if it was a challenge, but rather like I'm giving you the space, take the shot, just do it. Right. And we, it, like you said, it, it looks good during pregame. We've all seen it. It's just, you know, just, just put it up, buddy. And we're, yeah. I think the majority of Sixers fans are, you know, behind him. If, if he shoots, if he has a game where he shoots, you know, two for 20, no one's going to give a shit. You know, if he had, first of all, he had also eight free throws tonight. Kudos to Ben. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot for him. That's a good game. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, un- until that happens, you know, can we really take this seriously? Cause I mean, that's be- Ben taking the next step has so many indications, implications to the Sixers taking that next step. Yeah. I really have a couple more questions for you. Sorry, sorry. He's keep, he's keep popping up. Come on. He's keep popping up. Um, my first question is. Do we start a GoFundMe for Ben Simmons to go work with Drew Hamlin this summer? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I. Every, we 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 should we should absolutely. Yes, pay for this I mean every, We should get it out on Twitter. I have no beef towards Drew Hamlin. You know, I every case is different. You know, there's clearly a relationship. Did you see um last summer when Drew Hamlin went to I think Africa with Joel? You know, there's clearly a a very deep relationship there. I threw all all of that. You know, Markel has gone. You know, that's Ew. exactly. And uh, yeah, I have no problem with Joel and B working out with Drew Hanlon this summer. Zero issues. Or Ben Simmons for that. For or the- ben. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, every yeah. player is different. Every player has different MOs, right. um, different skill sets. Um, right. So yeah, I've, that's, that's a non-concern. Now let me ask you this question. Would you, given that there were almost two altercations in this game, would you be opposed to the idea of the NBA implementing a 10 second rule where no players or referees or coaches or fans can get involved? It's just the two players duking it out for 10 seconds. And then after those 10 seconds, everyone can come in and separate it. Only I would not be, I would not, I would a hundred percent vote for that. Only if they could hire that, that uh, claymation guy from celebrity Deathmatch that goes, let's get it on. And you have 10 seconds. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then here's my last question. Are we getting to the point where JJ Redick is so much of a liability on defense that he is not worth bringing back for all that he does offense? Uh, I think we've already been there. I think we've already, we've lived it all, all playoffs last year. Um, I mean, it's something to be said um, or talked about when the playoffs do come up in terms of playing, you know, maybe a Jonathan Simmons over J.J. Redick, at least to start. Um, that's definitely a topic of conversation. Um, but that, that is a major concern, a major concern. And uh, when, when J.J.'s shot's not going in, he, I mean, he by far is one of the worst players on the court. Oh, yeah. And it, 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 that just can't happen. When you play against really well-coached teams like the Trailblazers, um, you know, that have... I don't know. They're really well-coached. I don't know. Uh, they have, but I guess maybe... He's he's lost 10 games in a row. They have a system. 
they have a system and right. you know that it, that definitely knows how to kind of target the Sixers weaknesses and I mean you just saw it in that third quarter I mean they they they, they had Mo Harkless and Jake Lehman just go directly at JJ Redick you know Tom Brady-esque you know when you, you a shark smells like blood in the water like Tom Brady does when he sees a, a poor defensive back and they just went after him again and again and again we saw that how many times in the playoffs last year between JJ and Marco and it's it's a major concern, major concern until they, you know, kind of get that fixed. You're right. I mean, that's that's kind of what we wanted Markel to be was regardless of whether he could shoot or not. If he can play defense in the backcourt. I'll take it. You know, <laughs> you have no one that can defend um, in the backcourt. Yeah. So you are in favor of letting him walk after the season because his defense is so bad. That it that it outweighs his offense because I I don't know yet. I love JJ. I love what he brings as a mentor and as a player. And I think that there's been a lot of games that we don't win without him. But at the same time, against the elite teams, he gets exposed on defense, and his and his and his offense doesn't even come close. So I, I don't I don't know. I'm not ready. It's I'm not, it, ready. It, I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. I, I it, it would be a it, it's it's a very emotional decision for me, but I'm not ready yet. All right, any um. Any any closing thoughts and closing words? What what happens on Monday? What happens on Monday? Um, let's say who who do they got? Who are they playing on Monday? They are playing uh, New Orleans. New Orleans that should be a that should be a win. Um, hopefully they just I I don't even want them to look at this tape. I'm really hoping that they just kind of throw it aside, get some good practices in, and then let, let's um play some ball on Monday. They, this was just a horrendous game. And thank you listeners again for listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think if they don't have uh, – if, if AD sets again, I think that they win this game pretty easily. Um, ooh, let's close it with a little more Nurkic trash talk. I am a better shooter than him, I guess. The way he's able to shoot or not able to shoot is ridiculous. Evan Turner seated a few feet away asked who Nurk was talking about. He responds, the best shooter on the floor, your boy, Ben Simmons. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Did you see that trash talk with Ben Simmons and Nurkic? I think yeah, it was like goes, second uh, quarter-ish. It, no, but wasn't it like you talk a lot of shit for a guy who's ass? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love it. That's I when it. I was like, okay, no one go near them. Let them let, let them fight it out because my money would be on Ben. My money would be on Ben. I bet Ben would wallop him. Oh, my God, yeah. So he's six foot ten, agile. Always, always put your money on that. Kind and he's of an Australian. He oh. can just like jump kick you in the face, and it's over. Like, like, like a, uh, like it's one of those um, kangaroos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey guys, he's Chris Dibler, Dibler, Mr. Croc. Hey, thanks for getting it right this yeah, time. No problem, uh, Mr. Crockpot on Twitter. I'm Austin Krell, a Krell underscore Media. This has been the feed to and We'll be back with more on Monday after hopefully a Sixers win. Sixers fall today, one thirty to one fifteen against Portland. Before we go. A quick word from our sponsors. Do you like the shotgun beer? Do you, want, do you like to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra spelled with a K. For more for ten percent discount on all products, enter the code Trust the Cobra Ten, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. 
The fee to Embiid in its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the fee to Embiid 2019. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the rest of your weekend.